We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Floyd Street's finest. I'm Jack Grossman, joined by good friend James Striebel from ESPN 680, host of the Roundtable, 3 to 6 p.m. every weekday. And can I say, first of all, it's so perfect and on brand that you're wearing the UK shirt for today, Striebel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack. I had to do it. I know it's Floyd Street's finest. Uh, I promise, though, I'll be nice to Louisville fans. I promise I will. Uh, but Thanks for having me on, buddy. Uh, you know, anytime you, you need something, you you know to, to get with me and I'll help you out. So it's my pleasure to do this. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Gonna have a lot of fun, even though we did let Blue into the pod uh literally today, which is gonna be fun though. Good, <laughs> good right. uh could not be more excited to have you on this uh, I guess afternoon now, because we're recording here uh Friday afternoon, but but I, I wanted to bring you on, number one, obviously, Louisville, Kentucky last night. You were at the game. I'm sure you, you thoroughly enjoyed the game yesterday. With, yes. I believe you're there with there with Kel and your son. Um, and, yes. I, I, I will definitely get into that. My plan was to kind of lean into that aspect of it, of like the Kentucky fans invading the Yum Center and kind of the say the rivalry, all that stuff. But we'll get there. But about 15, 10, 15 minutes ago, Eric Crawford dropped, I guess, the uh, – the uh, WDRD, WDRB bomb of Kenny Page going to be staying as the Louisville head coach. I know 
everyone had kind of pointed out this period of after the Kentucky game, having the almost two weeks off before the Virginia game on January 3rd of this would be the time to make a move, to make a change, either promote someone on the staff currently to be the interim head coach, bring in someone from the outside to be the interim coach instead. And here's the quote from uh, Eric Crawford, WDRB from Josh Hurd saying, Kenny and I've had a number of conversations throughout the last week. And Kenny is going to serve as our head coach as we move into the new year. And I'm going to do what I do with every one of our programs, which is evaluate what's happening throughout the season. I'm not necessarily stunned by this because kind of the chatter that happened after the Arkansas state game had kind of gone away after last weekend, but it's still, I'm just going to go flat out there and say it. And I'm sorry if I, if I monologue here for a minute, Strebel, because oh, I God, saw this news and I'm like, at some point you gotta end the embarrassment. And that's what this is. Keeping Kenny Payne at this point. And it, it's not a knock on pain as a person. Cause I know I, I got to do the, the obligatory thing that everyone says of he's a nice guy. He seems like a really nice dude. I've never really interacted with him, but for what everyone says, he's personally a great dude, but we're moving on. We're going to enter a third month of what's become an absolute mess on and yeah. off the court. I have a list for you that I compiled here in the last 15 minutes. 15 or so oh, minutes. I love it. Okay. I, I, actually, I actually started it before the news came out. Then I saw this like, okay, this goes from being back into the podcast to being what I lead with. This is why it's time to move on from Kenny Payne. Starting from October 30th, I've listed nine different dates where the program has been either embarrassed on the court or something incredibly stupid and avoidable has happened off the court. You got October 30th, they lose to Kentucky Wesley in an exhibition. November 7th, after escaping UMBC with a one-point win, the UofL basketball Twitter account shows practice footage to battle with Drew Diener, a radio host, on if they practice the game-winning play. November 10th. All-time moment. Yeah, it really is. Three days later, you all end up getting blown out by Chattanooga on your home floor. November 20th, Mike Woodson. Indiana, Woodson tricked me, was the quote from Kenny Payne after IU goes zone late in that game. They can't close that game out. November 26th, yes, you beat New Mexico State. That was a program that quite literally folded their program in February due to multiple scandals. And you needed the coach to ice his own free throw shooter with the game tied the second and a half left in regulation just to force overtime. And you needed... So many New Mexico State players about you were playing five on four the last minute or so of overtime. Yeah, December 3rd, blowing a game at Virginia Tech, where you, quite honestly, were the better team for about 30, 33 minutes of that game. You followed that up losing to one in seven DePaul. It was DePaul Day, Strebel. And they I got know. and they got manhandled by one in seven DePaul. No, so December, much for DePaul Day. Yeah, yeah the, annual, the annual holiday was ruined. That's a, two two yeah. out of the last – that's two in a row, by the way. They lost to DePaul not yeah. uh, last season, but the year before they lost to him in the Yum Center, and then they lost to him on the road. Like you said, one of the worst teams in Power 5. That was, that was the game where all the national media were – poking fun at it like battle of the titans and and everything so no i didn't mean to interrupt your no, your no, no, point by point but it, it, that's that's where this program has fallen um going from depaul day rick patino's day off to you're now losing to them as still one of the worst teams in college basketball ricky p's day off i wonder you went to the art museum before the games back in the day yeah <laughs> a little day off exactly but 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 that's my yeah. point though 
every time you think it can't get worse, it keeps getting worse. Like the narrative was after the Paul, everything's bottom out. This is rock bottom. It literally can't get any worse than this. Literally less than a week later on December 13th, you have the whole Cron Davis situation play out and you get blown up by Arkansas State at home. Yeah. Again, can't get any worse. All the, you know, they're going to fire KP rumors that ended up not being true come out. A week later, we get to last night where you're playing the Louisville-Kentucky game, the figuratively the biggest game on the schedule, a, a game that, you know, we've bumped up as being one of the biggest rivalries in college basketball. Traditionally, it's right up there with Duke Carolina as being the biggest rivalry yeah. in college basketball. And I want I want your thoughts on the actual crowd, but watching on TV, it seemed like it was a majority of Kentucky fans in the Yum Center where you're pumping in crowd noise for a home game. And it, it wasn't. Uh, honestly, it wasn't as I mean, it was it was majority Kentucky. It, it was, but it wasn't as um, lopsided as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, you know, 75, 25, 80, 20, something like that. It was it was more 60, 40, um, maybe even 55, 45. There, there were more Louisville fans there than I had anticipated. I thought that it would just be and look credit to the Louisville fans. Yeah, I know Ethan Moore. Shout out Ethan Moore. Uh, talked about it last night on his Coors Light postgame show. You know, credit to the Louisville fans that did show up, and they cheered, you know, for the majority of the game. And, it, you know, it would eventually get drowned out by Go Big Blue or the Blue-White chant that was going on. But they did. They stayed until about, I'd say, about the 10-minute mark in the second half when it was like, okay, you know, I think it was around that point, Trey Mitchell banged uh, back-to-back threes. Uh, and th- after that, it was just like, okay, we they knew. Well, they knew at yeah. 20 points down at halftime it was over, but that was kind of like, all right, we, we, we got to go. Um, but before, you know, before we go more into the game, I, I did want to comment on, on you know, kind of your opening monologue there with, with, the, with the job situation. Um, I'm not surprised by this uh, at all that, that Josh Hurd made this decision. Uh, w- when he was not fired, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after the Arkansas State Karan Davis debacle, uh, I kind of had a feeling that this was going to be the case, that he was going to remain the head coach uh, at least until, you know, ACC play started into ACC play. And the reason being is uh, one of, you know, one of our mutual friends, Ty Spalding, CardinalSports.com, had, you know, said Thursday on his show appearance that, hey, look, that Friday of the Arkansas State Week, the Louisville administration was going to be out for two weeks starting at 5 p.m. that Friday. So if there was going to be any move, because there's contract stuff you have to work out, there's buyouts you have to work out, there's administrative work that you'd have to do in order to get Kenny Payne out to get the interim coach, they're all going to be gone by 5 p.m. that Friday. So when there was no board of trustees meeting uh, scheduled Friday morning, there was no, there was just complete silence that told you what was going on. That Kenny Payne was not going to be fired or or removed as head coach. Um, and what's Jack and and I know you you know you'll probably agree with me on this. What's what's kind of stunning but not stunning is the player support that. Kenny Payne's getting last night they asked Sky Clark about his job and he was like yo we're, you know we're rocking with Kenny Payne and Brandon Huntley Hatfield piped in forever he, even though if you read the athletic piece how the players were kind of confused and dumbfounded the way the Karan Davis situation uh 
panned out, and they but they and they all advocated for Cron Davis. They wanted him back on the team. They wanted him back on the bench, even though Kenny Payne decided no, he's not coming back. He's off the team. They're still sticking with Kenny Payne. So he has the he has the support of the players. He has the support of the assistant coaches, and you know. Sorry to the fans. You know that's what Josh Hurd has to has to look out for. What do the players want? What do the assistant coaches want? That's where this is. I'm not saying fans that want him fired are wrong. I agree with them. If I was a Louisville fan, I'd be irate. I'd be in the same boat. But you have to look at it through this perspective too. Why the firing hasn't happened yet? And, and I agree with you. Like I'm not surprised that he isn't gone at this point because of everything you just said, especially just in terms of. The, the board of trustees taking their winter break um, at this point, yeah. which, which, you know, oh, but just to see it and to see how, for me at this point, you keep finding ways to make this look even worse. And at oh, what, 100%, you know, yeah. And at what point is it just not worth it to, to just keep going, to keep going yeah, at this no, And No, you're right. And, but one, one thing I do also, you know, I heard Louisville fans say on, the post game show and on Twitter, you know, if they got rid of KP, they'd show back up. Okay. For how many games? They did the same thing yeah. with Mike Piggies. When, when Chris Mack left and they showed up for about two, three games, the team kept losing. And guess what happened? They stopped showing up. So, unless the, it, this all has to do with winning, it doesn't have to, it doesn't matter who the damn coach is. If the coach isn't winning basketball games, fans aren't going to show up. If Nolan Smith takes over, and they're still losing basketball games, and they're last in the ACC, and there's no shot at the tournament, they're not going to the games. So the the, the, the bluster of, oh, if you get rid of Kenny Payne, we'll show back at the up center is preposterous. Again, it's BS three is games, what it is. Yeah. yeah, two or three games, y'all might show up and, and support the support the kids, but if they're getting busted by Virginia, they're getting they're getting beat by, you know, lowly Wake Forest or, or NC State, teams like that, you're not going to keep going to the games. And again, I don't blame you. I'm not preaching to you or lecturing you. You should go to the games. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's as bad as it is. It ain't going to get any better. It doesn't matter if Nolan Smith or, or, or Jumpman Josh or or <laughs> or Danny or, or, or the, the mannequin that is Danny Manning who doesn't speak or do anything is on the sideline. You're not going to the games, nor should you. It needs to be a clean slate. It needs to be someone start from the beginning, uh, and he'll be fired in March, and that's what's going to happen. But but that that's my thing though. It needs to be a clean slate. I because at some point I think you got to move on from the, you know, will they fire him? Will they not fire him? Everyone's kind of accepted that they're going to fire him at at some point. Yes. Point here. And for me, like my big shift came because for the longest time that was my take. Heck, I recorded with Jeff Greer on this on this podcast about ten days ago, on mm-hmm. Tuesday night, December 9th. and I and I basically gave that take of it doesn't really matter who the coach is, fans aren't going to show up anyways because the product on the court is so bad. Then the Karan Davis stuff happened the next day, and that that for yeah. me was kind of my flip of the switch of okay, this is going to keep getting worse, and for the sake of just trying to stop dragging the university through the mud and just dragging the program through the mud that has been through a crap ton of mud the last decade or so is the product on the court actually going to be any better if Nolan Smith or someone from outside the uh, staff is is brought on to be the interim head coach? Probably not. Even if it gets a little bit better, it's not going to be significantly different. 
Is is the Yum Center suddenly going to be filled with 22,000 people again? No. To think it's even more than that, you know, couple game stretch that you're saying, which when they brought in Mike McGeese, they got kind of lucky from the standpoint of his first home game, they were honoring Russ Smith and retiring his jersey. Yes, and then, and yes. then they got and then they had Duke and Carolina at home. So those are pretty three pretty big home games there from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, they were probably going point. they were probably going to get a bump in attendance no matter what. What no matter who the coach was at that point. But even if you get a, a little bump for a couple games, it's not going to be sustainable right now. But at the end mm. of the day, I think it would be better for the program at this stage to move on from just the weekly silly things of, oh, I only want to beat Kentucky by one. Or as, you know, Ethan Moore pointed out on the postgame show last night, which props to him, he did yeoman's work. You know, work. I was listening to that. Job. I was listening to that while I was working on, on, on Thursday night. Just like yeah. he was he was phenomenal on it. But but um uh but just saying look, Kenny Payne saying I want to take transfers where just five months ago he was quoted at a press conference saying you can't build a program with transfers. Right. Or or saying you can't get the same type. The thing that was concerning about Kenny Payne's presser more than anything on on Thursday night was he did not view himself view Louisville at, on the same type of level as a Kentucky as a program. And for me, and, and I want your reaction on this too. Like I I've been consistent for a long time. Like I don't consider Louisville a blue blood. I think Kentucky, Carolina, Kansas, and Duke are the four blue bloods, and Louisville's kind of in that you know five, six, seven, eight, nine range, which is still really, really damn good, really historically Agreed. great. But you know, it, it it and it's nothing against Louisville, but Kentucky is quite literally the best tradition in, in the sport. That's just what they are. It's hard to compete with that. But to say that you can't get the type of talent that Kentucky gets or to really scoff at the notion that you can be on the same level as Kentucky, Louisville fans don't want to hear that. Louisville fans, while they recognize that Kentucky is the best basketball program in the country, traditionally, and, and, and are phenomenal this year, they feel like they should be, if not equals year in, year out, they should be right there with them. They should be within a step of them, and they should have years where they are better than them, which in the past they have had that. That, you know, John Calipari mm -hmm. record in the rivalry game aside. For for the coach who was brought in because he was supposed to know the program better than anyone else, to just dismiss the fact that Louisville could be on similar footing as their in-state rival, to me shows he does not understand the job. He does not understand what the program is, which to me it's absolutely stunning as a dude – that won a national championship. It's quite literally on the poster that I have have uh, have hanging behind me. I have you know Louisville won an Indiana one back back here, which is very <laughs> very on brand for me. But that's on brand uh, for you, yes. Yeah, but but to not but to but to say that to me is is jaw dropping, and it shouldn't be jaw dropping because of everything he says in press conferences and how much he has hurt himself in in these press conferences. But you need someone who isn't going to just bend the knee to Kentucky, which is, I feel like, what K KP did last night. No, you're exactly right. And, and for Louisville fans, the frustration of the the entire reason they hired Kenny Payne or that Louisville fans wanted Josh Hurd to hire 
Kenny Payne, and not all of them. I mean, there there have been some Louisville fans that are very skeptical of this because of the fact that this was his first head coaching job and the caliber of job that is the University of Louisville basketball program. It, you know, like you said, it's 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 right there with Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina, and you know we'll, we'll do our we can do our power rankings another time, but Louisville's right there on the edge of that. Um, but the understanding was he was going to be able to build a program with elite talent. And he had all of the access to the elite talent. He had the relationships. He had the history with Nike. He had the history of Oregon, the history of World Wide West, the history in the NBA, and all these other things to where he was going to be able to basically, and, you know, Louisville fans might not want to hear this, but basically make Louisville a similar program to Kentucky where you're bringing in the best talent and saying, okay, we'll figure it out from here. We'll, you know, give Kenny Payne the, the, the best of the best. He'll learn the X's and O's on the way uh, while he's coaching and it'll be fine. Talent, you know, Cal, Cal Perry, I say, you know, give me the talent and I'll figure it out. That was kind of the mantra with Kenny Payne. Give him the talent. He'll figure it out. This will be fine. And for him last night or Thursday night, to go up there and be like, oh, you know, the, uh, the the chasm isn't as wide as it was. And you lose by 22. And Louisville fans don't want to hear that there's a chasm. They, they don't want to say, oh, we're, we're closing the gap. The gap's not as, as big as it was. Even when Rick Pitino was losing, okay, and John Calpera is there, we know what those battles look like. It didn't matter how good or bad either team was. It was a fight. I mean, Jack, can you count how many times one of those teams blew the other one out? Because I can't. I, I, I was thinking about that earlier. I mean, there's the Josh Harrelson game where that kind of got out of hand. And, but that's, the that, one. that's really that's the only one. But like, I think like Calipari's first year, John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, Louisville had a team that needed to scratch and claw to get a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. And they led that game with about eight Reginald minutes Delk left. Started, yeah. Reginald Delk was a starter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is no reason that 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 could, uh, Jerry Smith was a starter. There is no I mean, reason Jerry that Smith that, was also a starter on a team that was the number one overall seed the year before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. sorry, no shade to Jerry Smith. Jared Swapshire was a starter. That's a better better comparison. But um, so you know, with with all that being said, I mean, that was a close game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even the year where Kentucky went 38 and one and, you know, had one of the best basketball teams of all time uh, to not win a title. That was a close game, even, you know, even in the first half and in the second half. And then the year where Kentucky was an eight seed and Louisville was one of the favorites to go back to the final four. Kentucky won the game. Those, those Kentucky had, you know, quote, an inferior team. Those teams, those games were always close, no matter how, how the talent was divvied up. Whether Kentucky had more talent or Louisville had more talent, those games were always close. This wasn't even close. This two years in a row, or oh God, I can't even. Well, Jack, it's three. It's three out of the last row. four because there was the nine. The last six, four. Yeah, there was the nine and sixteen yeah, Kentucky right. team that again battled the Carly the Jones Louisville team and and almost Olivier Starr had a shot up in the air to win the game. He missed yeah, it. And Louisville yeah. ended up winning, but the David Padgett years one thing like you know impossible situation with all that the game that. was in rub. You, you get it. But you yeah. brought in Kenny Payne. He's not the interim. He's the guy that you brought in. Yes. And he's been embarrassed two years in a row in a very similar way. And he said they're saying multiple times, doubling down on it. You know, Calipari wants to beat my brains out. I would have won the game by one. Not by not one the second, point. not 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 the second half by one point, which they did Thursday night, but but the actual game. <laughs> Jack, the Jack, I mean, this tells you everything. I mean, Kenny Payne put in his bench players before Cal did. I was yeah. sitting right there, and Cal, Cal had no intention of putting his bench in. He was going to leave DJ Wagner and Reed Shepard and Aaron Bradshaw and whoever else is in the game. He's going to leave them on the court. Kenny Payne put in Hersey Miller and Zan Payne and, and Danilo and those guys. Once he did that, then Calipari turned and walked to the end of the bench and said, okay, start pointing at Joey Hart and Brendan Canada and Jordan Burke said, okay, now you guys go in. If Kenny Payne – I, I, I'm curious if Kenny Payne would not have put his bench in with Cal had, and and, and this this whole notion that John Calipari was going to take it easy on Kenny Payne, he ain't taking it easy on Kenny Payne, man. He's not going to take it easy on anybody. He beat. I remember that time Tubby Smith went in there with High Point. And they honored Tubby Smith. I was at game. the game. Yes, I was covering the yeah. game for 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 ESPN Louisville. Yeah, won like ninety two forty eight. <laughs> they went like 92 to 48. He's not going to take it easy. You know, he, he Calipari understands what, what this is. The regular season is a buildup to the tournament and he wants a good seed and playing Louisville close does nothing for you. It just hurts you. If you play Louisville close, it's going to hurt you. So it, it was just, it was a weird dynamic at that game last night. And we saw the, you know, the hugs and everything before the game and after the game, um, but no, the, Calipari had no intention of taking it easy on Kenny Payne or the Louisville Cardinals uh, Thursday night in that game. I, I still think the only thing I'd fight back a little bit on that is I felt like they really could have stepped on on the gas pedal, won that game by thirty five. They really wanted to, instead of nineteen. it very much I was. Played a B, I think Kentucky played like a B minus game. Now, yeah. whether or not that was by design, that's what I would not, argue. I, that, I, I think you know they played. Which is fair. They played a great you know 10, 12 minutes end of the first half, start of the second half. And then, yes, Cal was still playing his dudes, but you you could see Kentucky just didn't have that edge 
for the majority of that second half that they had in the first half. I'm not trying to say that as a knock on Kentucky. I just, I just don't think Cal, while Cal wanted to win the game and win the game easily and not leave any doubt, he right. didn't. I don't think he wanted to win that game by 40 points. Whereas if they would have fired Kenny Payne and it was Nolan Smith or or, or anyone else coaching. Oh, God, he would have won about 50. You're that's right. What, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. No, you, no, that's a great point. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So so I want to ask so just where the rivalry's at right now. I mean, I, I think of there's that there was that AI image going around Twitter the last week of yeah. the Wildcat kind of kind of comforting the Louisville Cardinal bird <laughs> bird. And I feel like that's a very yeah. weird dynamic. I think it accurately portrays where the Kentucky fans and Louisville fans are at right now, which sucks because that's not fun for anyone. And and I'm no. not and I, and I'm not blaming Kentucky on that because they're holding their end of it. You know, they're they're a legit top five, top ten team. They're incredibly fun to watch. Cal's kind of gotten his groove back back this season, but it, it's all on the Louisville end. But just how quickly this rivalry has fallen off from where it was under, you know, Patino Cal or even, you know, Chris Mack calling Calipari a chicken and at least, you know, yeah. playing playing that overtime classic in Rupp in, in 2019, winning the, the game in 2020. It's just a very weird state to see the Louisville Kentucky rivalry in the era where, you know, you're, you're, you were almost giving Louisville fans the pat on the head of, yes, I agree with you. They did a great job of not letting you be 80% Kentucky fans, but and it's not Louisville fans' fault. It's the program's fault that, to where that could even be a possibility to where there's a majority of Kentucky fans, the yub center. Like it, it, it it's, yeah. it, it's sad is what it is. It, it's really sad. It is. And, you know, last night as I, you know, looked around and it wasn't as Kentucky fans, even though they were cheering and, and, you know, doing their thing, it wasn't like nasty. You know what I mean? Right. Like they weren't like like they weren't like yelling at the the players or yelling at Kenny Payne or or even trying to like I, I saw a few things, but it was basically centered around one person. I'm not gonna I'll, I'll get into that with you later. Yeah. Uh, who it was? You would, <laughs> you would think it was very funny. Oh, there was just really one. It was just really one guy that was out there kind of trying to provoke stuff. But it was it was actually like a very friendly crowd, a very friendly atmosphere. Louisville fans were kind of just like, hey, this is what we are, and like fans were like, hey, you know, we're sorry, but we're here. We're gonna cheer. It, it was very cordial uh, because of the 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 disparity between the two teams. And I'm not sitting here going to advocate for people to be mean and nasty to each other. But normally, but it's supposed these games to have that were, edge. It exactly. There was no edge. There was no edge at all to any of it. There was no like how in the. You, I mean, you know how it was. Tom Juris was taking pictures of of different sections that had Kentucky fans in it, trying to find out who those season ticket holders were so he could take their tickets away. It was like, how in the hell did all this blue get in here? Who gave them the tickets? What is it? There was none of that. It was just they, the little fans just kind of like let, let the, the sea of blue into the stadium. And it, it, it was it wasn't a hostile takeover. It, you know what I mean? I mean, there was no hostility between the fan bases. They were getting along through the concourses and you heard the go big blue chain on the way out, the CATS cats, 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 and, and no level fan pushback. There was no pushback. There was no trying to drown it out. They just let it happen. And it did make me sad. It did make me sad. I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is I could I could not imagine, Jack, that being Rupp Arena ever. Ever 
for any game. Louisville, if Louisville came to town, Duke comes to town, Carolina comes to town, Kansas, that amount of a rival fan base in your arena and you just laying down and being like, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, beat us by 22 and, and see you later. But the, it, it's it's not fun. There's nothing. Well, I'll take that back. It was fun for me. <laughs> it was fun to see the 22-point win. But, like, like doing my show up, up to the game, Jack, all last week or all this week, like, there was – there like, I couldn't talk smack. I mean, I could a little bit, but I didn't feel good about it. What am I supposed to say? They know they suck. They know Kenny Payne sucks. They know it's not good enough. So for me, yelling at them, being like, your team's a bunch of bums and da-da-da-da-da, Tyler Johnson's tights, and the, they know it. They've heard all of it. They agree with me. They agree with people that make fun of, like, yeah, make fun of us. This stinks. And it, 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 it just feels – I mean, that's the death of a program right there. That's what the death of a program is, just laying down and taking it and knowing there's nothing you can do about it, not a thing you can do about it. First of all, I forgot to add the Tyler Ta- Johnson tight situation to my long list earlier, which, which well, that's a mistake <laughs> on my part. Yeah. Well, there's so many. There's there's yeah. that's a thing. There's so many. You're gonna leave things out. There, it's been such an embarrassment that that you're gonna leave stuff out. I, I mean, you didn't even mention the fact that you know you had the Imani Bates stuff. Imani Bates is gonna be here, and the whole idea that DJ Wagner had a decision to make. He never made a decision. I, I, I wanted to ask you this: the day DJ Wagner committed to Kentucky. What what was the thing that everyone said at that point is oh my god what's gonna happen at that game at the Yum Center when he plays in the Yum Center yeah and if you and if you would have said that day that he would you know have two points one of six shooting be in foul trouble and be a non factor you would think that he'd be getting railed the whole, all game the, the day yeah. after the game like that would be the number one story is DJ Wagner returns plays in front of Grand Pop Milt and yeah. no shows. And no and one flops. cared about it because it didn't matter. <laughs> there were a couple. There were a couple of people on Twitter that tried to make a, a thing about it, but it fell flat. I mean, it was just like, okay, so what? DJ Wagner had two points. Antonio Reeves had thirty. Uh, yeah. Trey, Trey Mitchell had eighteen. Uh, uh, Reed Shepard had a double double, uh, eleven assists and eleven points. It was like, okay, so what? DJ Wagner didn't play well. We had all these other players play well. Little and, fans knew. Yeah, he didn't matter as much as Wagner in terms of the recruitment, but he, he may be an even bigger force on this Kentucky team and and how pivotal he is. But I mean, Bradshaw didn't do much either, and that was another guy that no. you know gave Louisville the pity visit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of of those, kind of like Carter Knox just did. Yeah, which which I, <laughs> let, let me get your thoughts on that. Just as a side note, I mean that was that that was and I talked about with Cam earlier this week. Cam Drummond, the Lexington Herald leader, but that was like the pity visit of all pity visit. That that just felt like and Cam swore by like you know this has been in the in the works for months and just the timing of it just ended up being terrible of everything that happened with Arkansas State and all that stuff. But the logistics of that happening at that time just sounds like such a desperate move on their end to try to create anything positive and credit to you know the Louisville media and the Louisville fan base for you know for the most part not buying into that because they're not getting Carter Knox and even if they did get Carter Knox to commit I mean Cam asked him in in Atlanta at overtime elite Friday would you still go there with Kenny Payne's out there he said no comment and guess what Kenny Payne's not going to be there for year three so Carter Knox isn't going to be in the program next year it was a it was it was Kenny Payne trying to throw a lifesaver out there. And 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 I, I I'm not I, I, I believe Cam. I, I think that that probably had been in the works for a while, but I, whether or not that, that visit was 
moved to an earlier date because of all of the crap swirling with Arkansas State and Cron Davis. I'm not going to rule that out and sit here and be like, because I mean that came out of nowhere. As all of a sudden, oh yeah, Carter Knox is going to be here this weekend. Like what? Like no one expected that, especially when you know you hear that um, Kenny Payne and Orlando Antigua were at an overtime elite event uh, that Cam Drummond was at and and, and said that. You know, Kenny Payne watched Carter Knox play, then he got up and walked out. Where Orlando Antigua went up to Carter Knox, gave him the bro hug, did the whole thing, had a whole conversation. Um, but no, the the, the Knoxes and no Kenny Payne because of Kevin Knox, and he he recruited Kevin Knox, and there is a relationship there. And I believe it was uh, Drew Diener and Mark Blankenbaker talked about it. Like Carter Knox is on like a hostage video. Like, uh, yes, I love it here. I'm having the best time at the Yum Center for this. <laughs> They're doing game. The, the DeAndre Jordan thing with, with the Clippers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're there. Yeah, with the the uh, God, who was it? Chris Paul. Was, yeah, those Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and Doc Rivers basically locked him in, into his apartment until he said, "I'm <laughs> I'm rescinding my verbal commitment to the Mavericks, and Should I am the Mavericks. going going to resign with the Clippers." <laughs> right, right. Was got them nothing. I mean, they didn't yeah. win anything with no. them. But anyway, that's we digress. It's a whole other conversation. But yeah, the Carter Knox thing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. It felt like an attempt to show people like, hey, it's not as bad as you think. Look, we've got the five-star number 14 player in the country here. Uh, you got to keep Kenny Payne around. And there are, look, you know this and I know this. There are big-time Kenny Payne apologists in the Louisville media. And it is the most bizarre thing to me, Jack, because, you know, some of these people have long careers, uh, Hall of Fame careers, careers that, that are, are proud. And it's like, why, why stake all of the will that you've built up over the years as a journalist in the city of Louisville on Kenny Payne? 
on, on, a, on a losing battle, on, on an argument that that is not worth having at this point. It is not worth having at this point. And I, I, I don't understand it. It, it, it. it is so strange to me that there, there are people that put aside any type of journalistic integrity for personal preference of a personality. And the small contingency that still backs Kenny Payne, it's like, are y'all Louisville basketball fans or are you Kenny Payne fans? Look, I love John Calipari. He, you know, I, I think he's great. We all know this. But when he went 9-16 and, la- and lost to St. Peter's and then last year's team, which was not fun to watch, which was boring and nothing exciting about it whatsoever, I criticized him. And, you know, if there ever is a point where Cal needs to go, then Kentucky basketball is bigger than John Calipari. Louisville basketball is bigger than Kenny Payne. And 95% of Louisville fans understand that. Most journalists understand that. But to the 5% and the few journalists that are just hell-bent on Kenny Payne's the guy and this is going to work, what are you all doing? You just make yourself look stupid. You make yourself look silly. No one respects it. No one believes it. You, you, you come off as, as as inauthentic is what you come off as. You come off as a Kenny Payne fan and not a Louisville fan. And, again, Kenny Payne's a nice guy. I'm sure he's nice to everybody. I bet if, if you and I went and had coffee with Kenny Payne today, we'd be like, wow, Kenny Payne's cool. He's a nice dude. That's fine. He sucks as a basketball coach. He just does. He's not good at it. And, you know, you're a nice guy, Jack, but if you sucked at your, your baseball job, your boss would be like, get the hell out of here. You're a nice guy. We enjoy you, but sorry about your luck, Chuck. You got to go. And I wouldn't blame my just, boss it, for saying that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. You'd be like, okay, yeah, I understand. I need to get out of here. This isn't working. This isn't working. And and, and it, I don't know if they feel like they're piling on at this point or they just they so just don't want to be wrong. I don't, I don't know, Jack. It's I, I think, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this in terms, and I'll kind of relate this back to the Kenny Payne, you know, uh, why let him keep coaching out the string and all that stuff, conversation as a whole. Let's say Kenny Payne was able to, you know, do the Patrick Ewing, goes on a miracle run, wins the ACC tournament. At that point, you're in the NCAA tournament, and despite everything else that happens, you, you, you probably give him a year three. At that point, even though... The yeah. recruiting is still nothing. You're not doing anything, and it's still going to fail the next year. You win the ACC tournament. It's an alum. You you almost your your hand is forced. Now I'm not saying they're going to go out and win the ACC tournament. That's not going to happen. I, no. I would I would almost guarantee that that's not going to happen. Would you eat cat food if that happened? What was that? Would well, you eat cat I... food if that happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going there. <laughs> nice try, but I'm not going there. But fair enough, Jack. I, um, I had to bring that up. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> but there comes a point when when the fan base loses hope and faith in the coach that no matter what happens you don't want it back. Whether that be, you know, on the Louisville front, like Scott Satterfield, who, you know, had winning records, beat a top 10 yeah. Wake Forest team in football in 2022. And everyone still, from the moment he did the thing with South Carolina, he was never going to last at Louisville. And we all knew that, that it was only a matter of time. 
you know, on, on the Indiana side, Tom Green won a big 10 title in 2016 beats Kentucky in the round of 32 to go to the end, to go to the sweet 16. But what had happened the previous couple of years where they hadn't lived up to expectations after losing to Syracuse as a one seed in the sweet 16, even despite all of that, when they had a, a crap ton of injury issues, beat, you know, a top three Kansas and a top three North Carolina early in the season, but then failed to make the NCAA tournament, they fired him. Less than a year after winning a second Big Ten title in four years and making a third Sweet 16 in five years. Because once the fan base is out on someone, people don't like to admit they were wrong. And the and yeah. And and sports fans, when they decide they're done with a coach, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Because there's not going to be anything a coach can do once the fan base decides they're out on him to overcome that and buy them back. It, yeah. I mean, short of winning a national championship, I don't see what, what could happen here. So for me, once the fan base is out and you're getting, you know, 4,000 people in the Yum Center, you're getting overrun by Kentucky fans – that's where I'm like, what's the point of, of seeing thing? You know what the end game is when the fans are telling you, we don't want this guy. And, the Scott Satterfield comparison is a good one. Yeah, because, I mean, like, they weren't bad under Satterfield. They won, what? No. Two more games under Jeff Brom than they did with Sat yeah. this year versus last year. And, and you know, yes, they made the ACC championship game. But, I mean, like, it was kind of the same old story. I mean, you lost to Kentucky. You got the bum bump in the ACC, yeah. and you know you you beat a Notre Dame team that that was probably overrated. But you know, anytime you beat Notre Dame in football and you're Louisville, that's a big deal. I understand. It's a big deal, that. yeah. But at the end of the day, is it really all that different? Again, the ACC title game appearance, like that, is different. Yes, it is. That is different, but, absolutely. Yeah. But but you were winning, you know, eight games with Satterfield. I'm not sitting here saying Satterfield was great and they should have kept Sad. I mean, that that's been a train wreck at Cincinnati. But mm-hmm. the year before, you're beating, you're clobbering a top ten Wake Forest team, and there's no one at the game. Yeah. Like I I walked in, I got a free ticket from you know a mutual friend of ours, ours um from from the radio station, Phil Baker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For for you know the flight deck, and I'm just sitting, you know, six rows up. <laughs> yeah, you, you 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, uh, yeah. So, and Kenny Payne is a way, way, way more extreme version of that than Satterfield in the Louisville football program. But the point remains: the fans are gone. Even if you have some sort of unimaginable success, they're not buying back in. It's just not going to happen. So, what are we doing here? No, it's all, it's over, and it's, it's, it's over. It's done. Josh heard, you know, I had, I had advocated for him to speak um, for a while now because him not saying anything doesn't help the situation at all. Um, But with, you know, going back to the beginning of, of, of the program here, you know, when when he finally did speak, it was not what anybody wanted to hear. uh, Which to be fair, short of firing him, this was going to be the reaction to anything he would have said. (laughs) No, you're 100% right. I'm not and, – and, and look, Josh Hurd's taking a lot of flack right now um, for this. And even 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 before he made the statement, uh, fans were going at him. And, and, and the conversation about Hurd's an interesting one because, you know, the, the thought is that he kind of hired Kenny Payne under duress. You know, he was the interim AD at the time. He's trying to get the job. Um, he has – 
people in the Louisville booster community uh, and close to the program that are really pushing for Kenny Payne to be the head coach. And it, it, it's it, how much ownership does Josh Hurd have over this? I guess is the question I have. I mean, how, how, how much, how much is it his, his, his fault and his doing. I know he's the head guy. He's the AD. He made, made the hire and everything else. But I, I just wonder how fair it is the the the, the pushback that Josh Hurd's getting right now. I mean, short of hiring someone like Musselman or, or Nate Oates, no matter who Josh Hurd would have hired last time, it would have been an uproar and it would have been it would have been you know, figuratively speaking, of course, that there would have been riots. Figurative riots yeah. if he didn't hire Kenny Payne. Because Payne wasn't named the, job, the head coach. Yeah, and 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 Josh Hurd at right that point that. was just the interim AD. He wasn't even the permanent guy. So I yeah. don't I don't put any blame at all for Josh Hurd on hiring Kenny Payne. That being said, he is the permanent AD now. He has the yes. 9-35 and 35 record. I think both things can be true of I don't blame him for hiring Kenny Payne, but like it's on Josh Hurd to just end the nightmare at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think that is fair. I think that's a hundred percent fair. And it's it just, I don't know, Jack. I just, I just keep going back to, you know, fi- firing him sends a message to the fans. I guess is 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 the is is the it overall. It lets us move on with our lives, is what it, it lets us move on with their lives, and it sends a message to the fans. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I understand you. I work. He Josh Hurd works for U of L. But in the end, he works for the fans, and it's it's a message to the fans, a clear cut message to the fans. This is not acceptable. We are no longer going to to go forward with this. We are making the change. Stick with us. I mean, that's that's all he needed to do. But again, Kenny Payne doesn't have to leave. This this is another aspect right. to all of this. He holds all of the leverage. If Josh Hurt, bingo. If Josh Hurt doesn't have the money to pay Kenny Payne, why would Kenny Payne resign? Why would Kenny Payne say, you know what, I'm done here? And people are like, well, you got to appeal to your love of Louisville basketball and what you did in 86 and da 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 Look, these are millions of dollars that we're talking about here. You would be an idiot to leave, eight, I believe it's $8 million, $8 million on the table and just walk away. Would you do that? Would no. you just say, you know what, for the love of – of the field of 68 and the Floyd Street's finest, I'm going to leave $8 million on the table because I'm not doing a good enough job. No, you signed the contract. They signed the contract. That's a legal binding document. Pay me. Sorry. That's just, that's what, and, and Kenny Payne's not wrong for that. And if you want to get pissed off with Kenny Payne for not just walking away and leaving money on the table, shame on you because you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'm not just going to walk away from $8 million. If someone owes me $8 million and it's a contract, I'm taking that money. Kenny Payne holds all the leverage. And Josh and Josh Hurd knows this. Josh Hurd might not have any choice here, Jack. I'm glad you said this because it was exactly what I was going to bring up. And that was basically the exact take I was going to have. Like, if you're Kenny Payne, not my fault Louisville signed that, gave me that contract and gave me that buyout. If you want to get me, sorry, $8 million. But here's my thing. First of all, yes, you know, it's tight financially. Louisville right now it is paying $39.9 million in buyouts from everyone from Chris Mack to Tom George to Papa John. Yes, Papa John, <laughs> of course. The Papa John. The Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> if, you add, <laughs> if you add the $8 million on top of that, that's $47.9 million, $48 million. 
And to me, where Louisville goes financially hiring the next coach, those are all very legitimate questions. But let's say even if Josh Hurd waits until March to fire Kenny Payne, that buyout drops from $8 million to $6 million, but it doesn't do it until March 30th. Mm. That means if you fire him right after you lose in the ACC tournament, you're still paying the $8 million. There's no difference. And if Kenny Payne's not taking a settlement now, which I don't think he should take a settlement now, if I were KP, if you were KP, if any of us were KP, why the hell would he do it in, on March 10th when if you wait 20 days, you get $2 million less? Right. That's stupid on his part. He's not going to do that. And if you're Louisville, you can't afford to wait until March 30th, whereas – if I don't think there's a difference between firing him now and firing him March 10th in terms of the job pool, if you wait until March 30th to find him, what if the Michigan job opens up? What if, you know, some other job that we don't know opens up? They're going to get the top of the line guy. You cannot afford to wait. Plus, you know, that's when the transfer portal's open. You're going to be two and a half, yeah. three weeks, a month late on the transfer portal. You can't wait this out to let the, the $2 million drop on March 30th. You're going to have to make a move before then. Yeah, it's too bad they're not Texas A&M and can just uh, pick up the phone and, and grab a bunch yeah. of oil money and pay $76 million out the door. But, yeah, but no, that, you're that, right. That, that's another angle of it, though. Louisville's not in the SEC or the Big Ten. They don't no. They don't have this – obviously, you know, no one has Texas A&M money where they can pay the $76 million for Jimbo Fisher. But, Nobody but, has that. But they don't have the same type of pocketbooks that, you know, if a Michigan were to move on from Jawan Howard – Louisville traditionally is definitely a better job than Michigan. But if yes. you're a coaching candidate that's considered for both of those, even taking out, you know, the, the 47, $48 million of buyout money Louisville's paying right now, if it comes down to it, Michigan can offer you a lot more money than Louisville can right now. And that, yeah. and that's and a that, problem. That, oh, I mean, that's the way you put that Jack. It, it's, they, they have to get this one right. Yeah. Whatever it is, they have to because this is a perilous situation. A perilous situation for Louisville basketball. The way you just phrase that, like, yeah, Michigan, you're right. Traditionally, it's not as, as good of a job as Louisville, but if they can have, offer you more money and, you know, you have guys out there like, okay, Chris Beard, for example, he's he's someone. He's making $3.25 million right now. Yeah. Right. And he, Louisville could pay him more money than that. But can they pay more money to Michigan? Uh, that that's that's yeah. You have him. Uh, Shaka Smart's a hot name. I mean, you have all these names, and you're right. You know, acting acting as soon as possible is imperative to get one of those guys. But if you're not financially able to offer them these big contracts comparatively to some of these other teams, then what do you do? Where do you go from now? The the, the way everything's been handled, and in 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 the world of Louisville basketball has been so just below par it, it, it's really stunning the position that they, they put themselves in here now it, it, it makes you go back and look at the Chris Mack thing and 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 think he got one over on them big time I mean yeah. the, the fact that they have to pay him as much as they do and he was just like oh, okay fine the, the the deal they made with Chris Mack is is now hurting them with Kenny Payne because they could have they could have done the exact same thing with Kenny Payne. It needed to happen more with Kenny Payne than it did with Chris Mack firing him or getting him to leave within the season. They gave Chris Mack that deal. They were he was able to walk away with four million dollars 
they are not in the position to do that with Kenny Payne now, and they needed to do it more for Kenny Payne. That's just – that's stunning. That's stunning, Jack. Yeah, because, I mean, I'll look at, you know – and I'm not saying these dudes are particularly, you know, interested in taking the job. I'm not on that side of the business. If anyone wants to send me names and say, hey, these are the people and you're in the know, please, by all means, yeah. I would love that. But, but I mean, if you're looking at an Eric Musselman at Arkansas, again, Arkansas, Michigan, you know, they're, they're fine jobs, traditionally probably top 20, 25 in the sport. But mm-hmm. Louisville's top six, seven, eight. Like, yeah. Louisville's clearly a better job than Arkansas. But if you go to Musselman, and I'm not sure what his buyout is off the top of my head – and try to get – you can't money whip him at Arkansas. Arkansas no. could offer him $6, 7000000 million if they wanted to. I don't know if Louisville could pay $6, 7000000 million a year for a head coach right now. That's why a guy – you know, Mick Cronin has the $20 million buyout. UCLA yeah. is going to the Big Ten next year. They have that money that Louisville can't pay Mick Cronin $20 million and then say, we're going to outbid UCLA for you. They can't do that. That's where I no. look at someone like a Chris Beard, which – that's not even bringing in the PR disaster that it would be if you hired. Chris well, Beard, but, it would it would be yeah. a PR it would be a PR disaster for sure. But you know, we, they did rehire Bobby Petrino a second time. Yes, they, they did. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Bobby two baby. But yeah, Bobby two He caddied for his daughter. He's a changed man. <laughs> yeah, but if Louisville were to decide they're desperate enough, if we want to win at all costs, and want to. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say if Chris Beard's the right guy because of all the moral questions here. I, I'm honestly not very comfortable answering those questions. But I'm with you. But if Louisville wants to make the decision of throwing all that caution to the wind and we want to win basketball games, Chris Beard may be the dude that you could pay, you know, four and a half million dollars. That'd be a significant raise. Louisville's a really, sure. really big step up than Ole Miss. You know, Dusty May is only making a million dollars a year at, at FAU. He's the hot mid-major coaching name if you want to go that route. Jerome Tang's yeah. not particularly happy with Kansas State right now. And I think most importantly, you know, with Dusty May and, and Jerome Tang, and this, you know, I keep using Michigan as the example because they've had, you know, the stuff with Juwan Howard the past couple weeks. But if, if any one of those, you know, Michigan-esque type schools in the SEC or the Big Ten has a job opening. They could make runs at these guys and out and outbid you. But yeah. Jerome Tang sitting there, Kansas State in the Big 12. The Big 12 and the ACC, that's not competing with the SEC or the Big Ten. They're on no. the similar financial level as you. And yes, you still have, you know, all the buyout stuff to work around. But maybe that's a name where if he, you know, he had the comments after the Naquan Tomlin stuff a couple weeks ago to where he doesn't seem particularly – thrilled right now with the administration there maybe that's a dude you could win a financial battle with and and, and prime out there that you know went to the lead eight year one last year and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that which again this is all theorizing there's nothing that i have other than you know the public jerome tank comments going off of that but just trying yeah. to think of potential names or things or people to where you wouldn't have to be battling the uphill battle with the sc and the big 10 for coaching money no, I think those are all good names, and any anything at this point would would be an upgrade uh, yeah. from 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 where they are. And I think Louisville fans um, would be happier with, with with some other coaches more than others. But in the end, I, th- I think that as long as there's a change and it, it's it's a basketball coach that they view as they need a they need a coach with a track record. I think that's the most important thing. They they need a coach with a track record that has won. Um, I'm not sold on Jerome Tang. I, 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 I'm not. I, I think if you if 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 you look at Jerome Tang, he had one good year last year. He beat Kentucky, obviously, in the round of 32. Um, 
this year Kansas State's not really, you know, at a similar level. You know, you you, you kind of gotta have to wonder. All right, how much was what was the guard's name that that uh, Marquise Noel loved him. Marquise, loved yeah, Marquise Noel. <laughs> And then, um, oh gosh, the uh, transfer from Florida. Um, um uh, Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson, yeah. So you had Marquise. How how much was it? Keontae Johnson and Mar- Marquise Noel just you know beasting out you know in, in the Big Twelve and beasting out in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Noel killed Kentucky single handedly in that second half to, to to end that game. So you know, I, I think I'd have to see a little bit more of Jerome Tang if I'm a little fan. I might have a little bit more of a like, okay, uh, he's got more experience than Kenny Payne did. But this is this is it. This this is a bigger hire than you know. Go off of one season the way that Kentucky did with Billy Gillespie. I mean, Billy Gillespie had that one good year at Texas A and M, beat Louisville in the tournament. It was like, oh yeah, we, he beat Louisville in the tournament. We got to get this guy. Look how that ended up. I, I I think you need more of a proven commodity. You need you need a guy that's been established somewhere uh, at some point in his career. Uh, you know, whether that be a Chris Beard at Texas Tech, and then. Um, or, or or Dusty May at FAU, someone that's had the experience for an extended period of time, not just one season. You know, Jerome Tang, let's see how he does the rest of the year. But it hadn't exactly been a dream start. And it might be Kansas State's fault. It might not all be his fault or whatever it is. But I think if I'm a Louisville fan, I'm I'm looking I'm looking beyond a one season sample size of someone being good. Yeah. And the question is, though, can you get someone like that? Like, can you pay enough money for a Scott Drew? I, which I, I, I don't think they're getting Scott Drew for, first. No, of I don't think until I hear the, 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 Scott, Scott names like Scott Drew, Mick Cronin, and Jay Wright. Like, you need to stop with that if you're a Louisville fan. That, that's that's not happening. I'm, I'm I think not Jay, that. I think Jay Wright's on a different plane to where there's a zero percent chance. Maybe I'll give you like a two percent chance for Scott Drew, but it's still, I, I, I don't see it. minimal. I just, yeah, and yeah. And no one's paying twenty, and they can't pay twenty million dollars for Mick Cronin. They can't. Yeah. So this this idea that Mick Cronin, you know, would come to Louisville, maybe he would. If they were able to pay twenty million dollars, maybe he would come to Louisville. But they're not going to be able to pay that. They're just they just aren't. It's not it's not feasible for them to do that. They're they're stuck, Jack. They're stuck in a in a, in a, in a difficult situation. And and even even if Josh even if Josh Hurd decided tomorrow to fire Kenny Payne, that that doesn't fix the long term issues. Yeah. that Louisville basketball has been experiencing. And whoever they, they're going to hire, there's going to be immense pressure on that guy to, to win and to at least get oh, – yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, be in the Final Four year two or anything like that, but, like, get Louisville back to a respectable point of you're in the NCAA tournament every year and to, to just rebuild that foundation that, you know, Louisville lived off of for a good 50 years with Denny Crum yes. and, and Rick Pitino. Oh, that, that's kind of going to be – the goal for the next guy. But Strebel, I really appreciate the time today. Had a blast as always. It's been a minute since we, you know, I, I do the weekly hits on, on the show, but it's been a minute since we've kind of sat down and done an hour like this. It's been been a blast. I had other stuff I wanted to get into, but then heard made the comments early today. Like I had a bunch of ratings like Louisville, Kentucky games. I wanted to try to pitch to, to see. I wanted to thrill of that take up, play the game in February, do that <laughs> stuff. But we'll, but we'll do we'll do that another time. Another podcast. There's plenty of time on the ethers of the internet. But <laughs> but Shreebel, really appreciate you taking the time today. And uh, say, thank you for inviting me on here, Brad. And I'd love to look, I'd love to come back and, 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 and talk about whatever you want to just, you know, let me know. And you know how uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a busy man, but I, I'll make time for Jack Grossman. 
<laughs> appreciate you, man. Uh, that's all we got for Floyd Street's finest this week. We'll be back, um, you know, Christmas this week. What weekend? Um, uh, I know everyone's gonna be doing their own stuff, so probably sometime middle late next week. Um, we'll we'll catch up and and get something like that here out on the podcast. We'll have to react to that with you know the Kentucky game last night, then obviously the Crawford stuff. Thanks again to James Strebel. Hope you have a Merry Christmas with the family. Hope everyone enjoys the holiday back home. We'll catch you next week here on Floyd Street's Finest. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.